0: The following is a presentation of the Sovereign Tech podcast feed. The man of tomorrow is here with you to uh, uh, usher in another Sovereign Rewind. Um, I hope That you've all been enjoying and most of the feedback I've gotten is that you have uh, that you've all been enjoying this uh, jaunt down uh, down memory lane of the very early days of Sovereign Tech as we get ready for really Sovereign Tech's future, uh, you know, going into 2022. And this is, again, another Sovereign, Sovereign Tech special, which were single topic episodes at the time. Um, as compared to the multiple segments that, you know, Sovereign Tech uh, proper or what has come to be known. And, you know, really, no matter what I can do, there's nothing to change the name. Uh, What would eventually be known as Sovereign Tech Prime episodes, which are the main episodes of Sovereign Tech. Uh, You know, like it it would just be a single topic and might have multiple stories around a single topic, but it would be a single topic. This one uh, was, believe it or not one of the scarier ones that I had ever done um, and had gotten a lot of response back in 2013 when it was released and most of it was not positive. Uh, my argument. So the, in fact, the name of the, of the special is, uh, dolphins question mark. So the first one I did was about Bitcoin, which you might've heard that this past week during its re-release. Um, Again, that one, not controversial. You know, no one else, or very few, I should say, very few people were, especially, you know, podcasts and tech podcasts, were really talking about Bitcoin. There were Bitcoin podcasts that were about Bitcoin and cryptocurrency only, but like a broader tech podcast, the conversation around Bitcoin was usually a matter of derision or silence. Um, So Sovereign Tech was a bit ahead on that. And, um, you know, but so, but there was no, I didn't really get any negative reaction to that. There was, you know, some people wanted to correct a couple things and blah, 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 and all that's fine. Uh, but this one, oh boy, did people not like this one about dolphins. And the whole point that I was bringing up was that I, and I hate to use the word believe because I don't think it's believe. I think it is a matter of fact. And I still think in 2021, you know, almost 10 years later, I still think. It's a matter of fact that dolphins are a sapient species. Now I'm always pretty clear on my use of terminology on sovereign tech. Um, I don't like to use lots, lots of creatures, lots of animals, lots of things are, are sentient. Okay. Um, you know, like I think a lion is, is sentient. Um, a mouse is sentient. There's lots of things that are, that are sentient, sapient, on the other hand is the rare thing sapience is a a self-awareness um it is the ability my definition of see okay so my definition of sapience is an animal or a life form that can act outside of instinct that can act outside of its shall we say biological or whatever not just biological or whatever programming that's sapience okay sentience is, you know, is, is something that that can act and react based upon its instincts or its programming. But that's very different. Like humans are sapient. Of course, it's, you know, like we're called, you know, our, our species, we're homo sapiens, right? Which sapiens means knowing. Okay. It's referencing that self, that self-awareness, that self-knowledge. So, that's why I, Oh, I'm very particular. And I bring this up in this episode. I'm very particular about use, about what term to use and that, and anything that can act outside of its programming slash instincts is sapient, not sentient. It's sapient because something else that I believe you'll hear me say in this episode, that is also often been very controversial, uh, you know, for me to say, and that I always get a response about this is I don't think that there is a lot of, and I mean, like it might be to the point of, you know, as many species as I could count with my fingers. Um, I don't think there, there are a lot there that there's a lot of intelligent alien life, that there's a lot of sapient alien life. Now, when I say that people think, what are you, you gotta be crazy. Like there could be creatures living in the, you know, (laughs) like, like floating around in the gases of Jupiter or whatever. And I'm like, oh, no, yeah, I I can believe that. I think that there's life everywhere, but it's not sapient. It's not intelligent. It might be sentient. It might be able to act within its instincts, you know, and whatever else. Um, but it's not something that can act outside of it. It's not a sapient species. That's what I think is rare in the universe. However, the Earth being the incredibly precious jewel that it is, and it is. And I also think that planets capable of supporting life as we understand it are also exceptionally rare. Again, I'm not saying there can't be life, you know, on gas giants, right? I'm, I'm open to different types of life. I'm open to space whales. Okay. The Pergles could be running around, whatever, you know, like I, I'm open to all of that, but life as we understand it, you know, and what we've encountered so far, um, you know, requires an earth-like planet. And I think those planets are exceptionally rare. Again, another controversial thing that I said this episode again, so many people just just flipped on this one because they and I'm making the case in it. You know, they're like, what? And, and again, this is 2013. I'm a meat eater at this time. You understand? Like I'm, I'm you know, primal, paleo, the, the whole business, hardcore in 2013. So it's not like it's not 2021 Brian Sovereign, you know, who's, uh, you know, vegetarian or plant-based, whatever you want to go with. So don't think that it's like, it's this, you know, oh, we got to take care of the cute animals and all. No, that's not the position I'm coming from here. Again, 10 years ago, I'm a hunter (laughs) 10 years ago. You know, I'm a meat eater proudly at that time, but absolutely. Yes. I was making the argument that dolphins Deserve for whatever these mean, deserve rights, the same rights that humans have. Now, I'm not going to spend time here, you know, in this opening to talk about, well, do rights exist? Well, they don't. But regardless, in whatever way you think humans deserve respect in this episode, 10 years ago, as a meat eater, I'm arguing that there are animals on this. There's animal life on Earth that deserves the same respect that human beings do. Again, people lost their shit when I said this. I mean, there were people who thought it was, you know, wow, that's cool and great. And, you know, they didn't know uh, so many different factoids that we'll talk about, especially with dolphins. Um, But I I mean, and it was so funny because some people were like responding and saying, oh, yeah, but did you see this story that like dolphins will engage in rape? They don't deserve rights and all this stuff. And I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. You know, and, and, and I don't know if I said it in this episode, but I know I would respond to it later on in Q and A's or whatever it was, um, you know, because I instantly like responded to the person said, "Whoa, whoa, hold on," but the you know, rape requires a lack of agency, which is a non-instinctual choice. So, if dolphins are if because I wasn't saying that dolphins don't rape, but the idea of rape infers that the creature being, or, you know, that, that the other dolphin, or, you know, maybe it was even happening to a human or whatever, you know, that was being raped, uh, had lost their, their agency. And that this was something that was non-consensual, but consent is by default is choice. Choice is acting outside of instinct. So, so you see what I mean? Like, like complaint, saying that dolphins, you know, uh, uh, don't, don't deserve rights because they rape, you know, because there's some kind of terrible creature is actually proving my point that no, they do deserve rights because clearly they can choose. And especially if the definition of freedom is the ability to choose, then guess what deserves freedom? Dolphins. So, you know, maybe this will kick a, 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 you know, a, a little bee's nest. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, today in 2021 as well. Um, but I, I was, I was frankly, I, I was, you know, as much as I didn't, ex- I, I thought maybe it'd be a little controversial to say, um, cause like I said, at, at first, you know, I was a little nervous putting this out there. I did not expect the negative reaction that I got. Uh, not at all. And at the time, I mean, you know, my list would actually get much bigger than just dolphins, but I wanted dolphins to be like the, uh, you know, the original, the case study for saying that actually, you know, that there are multiple sapient species on the planet Earth. Um, you know, in that list, years later, you know, even not just in 2021, but even before, uh, you know, that would include um, uh, you know, corvids, not COVID, corvids, <laughs> um, cephalopods, right? Like, you know, octopi, or how, how are we supposed to say that octopuses? is that that right don't, anyway <laughs> there's always that confusion um elephants would be in that number a lot of primates would be in that number um it's it's a list that in many ways you know just keeps keeps growing um and I would not eat these creatures like even when we go you know to like a japanese restaurant again as a meat eater and get sashimi or something i would tell them no octopus you know cuz i'm not going to do it and I mean, I could go so far as to say, I, you know, again, the dolphins were the case study to show that multiple sapient species could evolve on a planet, you know, on the same planet. Um, I think I would get into the point in this where I would talk about that, you know, like you think that, you know, people think that dolphins are primitive. Maybe that was a fucking choice. You know, Who knows? millions of years ago, what dolphins could have been, you know, capable of. And, you know, maybe they went through some kind of underwater industrial civilization and they said, fuck it. And before you think what I just said is crazy, listen to the episode, please. And allow me to make my case even 10 years ago. But again, once you, you know, once there's this acceptance that dolphins are sapient and deserving of quote unquote rights, um, you know, that, that kicks the door down a door to a room full of many questions and really yeah, uh, um, many, many uh, uh, burned assumptions in my opinion. And it starts leading to questions of what else, what other sapient life forms either exist or existed on this planet? How far does that conversation go? Cause that could go pretty fucking far. But if you're to ask me, so what's updated in this for 2021? Speaking of things going far, um, I'm actually very much to the point that well, and, and this isn't new, but I've brought this I've brought this up over the years, and it's a conversation we're going to be revisiting. Um, that really a lot of talk around species is in its in a lot of this classification around species is in itself a failure Um, because I firmly think, again, I don't want to say believe because I consider it fact that there is not just Homo sapiens sapiens. There are different types of humans walking the earth right now, maybe sitting right next to you. Okay. That's nice that like your seeds compatible, but that might be about as far as that goes. Medicine fails because it treats things at an average. And that treating of the average, I think, maybe just in the long-term future, but maybe even in the near future, can have results that are disastrous. There are many cases throughout history where... Because, say, this group over here had this genetic defect or this mutation, and then this group over here did not. And a disease kills one group, but it doesn't kill the other. Um, The fact that it didn't kill the other and then that, you know, group, you know, bred on, (laughs) right, (laughs) Uh, and, and grew in population is what allowed humanity to make it as far as we've come. Multiple times where this has occurred, it's occurred with the Vikings. It's I mean, and, and we're finding out more as, you know, we do like a, essentially um, archaeological medicine, <laughs> you know, uh, looking back, you know, what the Egyptians went through and, you know, doing forensics around that. And I am incredibly concerned that today. You know. Uh, uh, medical science thinks that it can create a catch-all you know, cure that works for everyone the same way for something that has come along and that could theoretically be preventing the real cure, the real immunity to come to four, or it could be just, you know, not just, not, not just keeping it from coming to four, but also uh, destroying some people's natural immunity to things because you're causing their, you know, immune system to react alternatively to, to its programming, which could be beneficial to the individual. And that's really it is that medicine does not consider the individual. It considers the herd. That's a problem. That's where I'm at. So like here I'm making in this episode, I'm making this argument for an entire species that it could be sapient, but ultimately, you know, like, all, all attempts at classification really in the universe fail. It's just a way to allow us to think further, you know, (laughs) but, but at, at the end of the day, like everything is unique, you know, even, you know, different grains of sand are unique from each other. And, you know, in a perfect world, if we had the capacity, you know, the, the, the brain, the mental capacity for this, you know, everything would have its own classification. Right. But I get it. You know, there, there, there's issues with the ability to think in, in doing that you know, because you just spend your whole life classifying things instead of actually thinking about things. But in the 21st century, we're at a point where I think we could start breaking down the species uh, uh, business a bit to where we could have, you know, different classifications. But, you know, the system doesn't like that, right? The the legacy system doesn't like it. They they like to have everything in neat little boxes because neat little boxes allow you to control. Well, we don't Every individual is just that, an individual, and you should not fit into any box, frankly, even a species box, especially at a time when, you know, (laughs) people are banking hard on, well, is the immune system going to work for this or not? You know, like there's two great mysteries, particularly with human beings, the two greatest mysteries, and I mean, scientific mysteries around human beings. The first one is, I'm sure everybody can guess consciousness, the hard problem of consciousness, right? Like how, what is consciousness? How the fuck does it happen? Blah, 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 which speaks directly to, I guess, what we're talking about here with dolphins in this, uh, you know, in this special, but the second one, that's almost as mysterious as consciousness and that we don't fully understand and that honest doctors and scientists will readily admit is the immune system, the immune system, not just of humans, but really of everyone or, you know, of every, every, every creature that has one, Um, the immune system is an absolute mystery on how it works. Your immune system is a genius. Your immune system could theoretically adapt to any invader. And, you know, our researchers have no idea really why that is and how that's possible. Like, it's amazing. It's almost like you have a Turing complete computer inside of you. That is your immune system that you know, given just the right circumstances can figure out anything, how to solve any problem. And just as no two person's consciousness are the same, I would argue no two person's immune system is the same. And in many ways, what allows us to live are our immunity, our immune system and our consciousness. And if those are individual for everyone, then there is no such thing as a species, right? Not in what lives, or what we define as life. So in 2021, my opinion on all of this that I'm about to talk about in the sovereign rewind from 2013 about dolphins and sapience uh, has only been even more fine tuned. Uh, The list has grown certainly in what I consider sapient. um, But also the concepts themselves, you know, around uh, around species and other things uh, has gotten incredibly granular and more, uh, independent and individualistic. And these are not even new ideas. A lot of what I'm talking about is, is not new. Other people have thought about this, you know, um, in fact, it's very egoist as well, but that's where I'm at in 2021. And I promise you that these are discussions we're going to have because they matter. They're important. And in fact, I think they matter more now than they ever have in history. And I think you can imagine why, but let's go back to 2013 where a much younger Brian Sovereign, not yet Dr. Brian Sovereign, but that would be a couple years later, but, uh, but we're very young or a much younger Brian Sovereign, uh, had some things to say about dolphins. I'll let this episode ride out. I'll see all of you on the other side.
1: Ready for your weekly tech fix? Want to know how technology sets us free? Well, get ready, because here it comes. Tired of boring specials about history, science, and technology? Then get on your best headphones, because you might want to lay down for this. A Sovereign Tech special with the world's foremost anarchist technophile, Brian Sovereign. He has a huge, well, you know. And now, here's Brian.
0: Mm. That's right. It is I, Brian Sovereign. I walked into the studio and they said, here comes the boss. And Tony Danza was nowhere to be found. The Golden Stallion of the tech world here with you for another another great, great special. Um, This special... Has been talked about quite a bit on various episodes. Uh, it is the dolphin special, and I know you're wondering wh- what could this possibly be about. Um, and we'll we'll get into that. A uh, lot of lot of notes for this one, just as there are for any of my specials, because I want them to be kind of definitive. Uh, be they an introduction or an advanced uh, study, you could say. Uh, you know, I just I want to make sure every, you know as much can get covered as possible in a relatively short period of time. Uh, when you consider that a lot of these topics get discussed for, you know, uh, hours upon hours of some kind of uh, television series, you know, documentary series or something. And uh, in in the case of these notes, I also I got to I got to give a bit of a shout out to a fan of the show who really, really helped me out a lot with uh, gathering uh, a lot of this information. And that's to Hannah Hoffman. Um, Very kind of her to to collect a lot of this, and uh, there had been various discussions uh, about this with her, and, and, you know, that's kind of what led to, partly what led to doing this show, but also mainly it's because of of my feelings on the matter. And with this special, as with any special, um, we'll try to be careful to separate speculation from fact. Uh, I'll do my absolute level best to let you know when I am giving an opinion and when something is just so. Uh you know, so when I have an opinion, I'm I'm gonna say, you know, it's just my opinion. Otherwise it you can pretty well count on it as being something that's researched by someone else that actually did genuine research. Um So let's get right to it with the Dolphin special here. And to open it up, I I wanna play a nice little imagination game. And you know, I, I think it's fun to, to, to really or fun and important to do things to, to get a different perspective every once in a while. So in this case, I'd like to leave the planet Earth. Now, granted, none of us have ever been to another planet, but we can imagine that, you know, and like I said, imagination's more important than knowledge uh, because that's how leaps are made. And so let's Let's imagine that we're visiting another world, you know, somewhere in the solar system, since you can't travel faster than the speed of light. It doesn't matter what any science fiction book or movie says, uh, you know, you just can't. I mean, I I subscribe to M theory, membrane theory, but really, even that doesn't allow you to travel faster than light. Anyway, so somewhere in the solar system, let's say Europa, which is uh, the moon of Jupiter. And Europa's kind of famous because it has water on it under its ice layer. And a lot of people think that, you know, it could support life. And and there's been books that have kind of talked about that, like 2061 by Arthur C. Clarke. And so there's water underneath the ice ice layer. That's where something really could live, at least that we can easily imagine. So let's say it's an underwater species that lives on Europa. Uh, It's, you know, intelligent life it's created homes uh it has culture it has a language i mean it's a language granted very very different from ours but it has a language uh and wonderfully this intelligent life has wild rampant sex and even use some of the natural resources around whatever those may be uh as sex toys i mean that's pretty advanced to my mind And, you know, this species, it shows clear signs, it knows what pain is, it clearly knows what love is, it knows what violence is, and it may even kill, uh, perhaps within its own species, uh, just like humans do. But this species understands what medicine is, and it teaches its children how to use various tools, thus it has culture. Uh, Again, made from readily available sources, whatever those are on Europa. And, you know, you can tell they're a tribal culture that sometimes argues with other tribes. You know, there's little scuffles. But then later they can make friends and with other tribes and they kind of come together. They, they have an understanding of cooperation and peace, you know, and they're not just doing some instinctual reactions. Uh, now, I mean, take all that into, into account and, and maybe they even have some. You know, who knows what else? What else they have? But th- those are just the things we could see over the dec- over the decades of say studying this this underwater intelligent life on Europa. What would we do with a species that we discovered like that? Would we kill them, hunt them, eat them? Would scientists have the right to kill one and you know t- so that or or take one captive so that they could do studies on it? You know, again, they're they're showing every possible, uh, you know, cultural. Conscious action that humans do. And I mean, who knows? They might even be doing abstract math, you know? What would we do with that extraterrestrial life? Forget that it's extraterrestrial life for now. But again, what would we do with that evidence that we observed? And would we give that European life, that underwater species on Europa, the same respect and principles that we want to be treated with as humans? So let's bring it back to earth now with this special there there's there's an ideal an idea uh, a theory called anthropocentrism i've mentioned it on sovereign tech before and if you subscribe to that maybe you're going to want to turn this off uh anthropocentrism is the position that human beings are the central or most significant species you know more so than animal species or the assessment of reality through an exclusively human perspective. I mean, this this just isn't going to interest you, uh, in, in in my opinion. And or maybe you know you have an open mind and you and you're willing to listen because the conclusions won't come till the end. The bulk of this is just going to be a laying out of facts. But just fair warning, you know, if if humans are the apple of God's eye, this special might not be for you uh so let's let's go further in so we're back to earth now we talked about that imaginary species on europa and you'll see the relevance as we go along you may already know where i'm going with this but let's do it anyway let's make it official let's lay it out you know like proper science should and would um i want to say this first off if you did get the idea you, you know of what this is about no one not me and i don't know anybody well, maybe there's somebody out there, but no one's saying that dolphins are superior to humans. Granted, I talked about anthropocentrism. Nobody's saying that dolphins are superior to humans or that they're somehow, you know, they're more philosoph- philosophically enlightened than humans. This isn't some noble savage business, uh, or even that they're more intelligent than humans, whatever. I mean, that's not being said here. Uh, and crazy ideas like that you can telepathically talk to a dolphin, you know, and, and i know that's a harsh judgment but really that that's so far out there no that's that's not what any none, nothing like that is going to be discussed here so keep that in perspective no one's you know those those are the none of that would be an opinion and that's an opinion i do not share any of that okay i'm just going to try and stick with the facts so dolphins let's go this is the first article i want to read i'm going to read a a couple articles throughout this uh this one's from scientific american and it's by kate wong and the article is dolphin self-recognition mirrors our own it's a pretty funny pun because the bulk of this article is talking about how when a dolphin looks in the mirror it knows who he or she is knows you know it, it doesn't just know it's a dolphin it knows that they're what they are you know who they are much like you would know that you're not uh, Jack Black you're whoever you happen to be and here we'll go with the article whether we're assessing our physiques or checking for food stuck in our teeth most of us consult a mirror regularly to make sure we appear the way we expect Though it may seem an unremarkable feat, the ability to recognize oneself in the mirror is actually exceptionally rare among animals. Indeed, only humans and their closest kin, the great apes, have shown this capacity, suggesting that factors specific to great apes and humans drove its evolution. Findings announced today in the early online edition of the Proceedings of the National Academy of Sciences, however, indicate that we and our primitive relatives are not alone. According to the report, dolphins, too, exhibit uh, mirror self-recognition. To test for dolphin self-awareness, Diana Reese of Columbia University and Lori Marino of Emory University exposed two bottlenose dolphins to reflective surfaces after marking the dolphins with black ink, applying a water-filled marker, uh, sham marking, or not marking them at all. The team predicted that if the dolphins, which which had prior experience with mirrors, recognized their reflections, they would not show social responses. They would spend more time in front of the mirror when marked and they would make their way to, over to the mirror more quickly to inspect themselves when marked or sham marked. The experiments bore out all three predictions in both dolphin subjects. Moreover, the animals even selected the best reflective surface available to view their markings. They wanted to look their best. You know, they wanted to make sure. They wanted to, the clear picture. I mean, this is vanity that they're discussing here, uh, which, again, another clear sign to me of extreme intelligence not superior intelligence just very intelligent intriguingly whereas chimpanzees take interest in marks on fellow chimps in addition to marks on their own bodies the dolphins focused on themselves dolphins pay may pay less attention to marks on the bodies of companions because unlike primates they do not groom each other the researchers write this difference makes our findings even more interesting because dolphins clearly are interested in marks on their own body despite the fact that they do not have a natural tendency towards social grooming. The I kind of like the sound of that. It means they think about themselves. I'm, I think that's fantastic. Uh, the extent of dolphin self-awareness remains to be explored. But the fact that they have passed the mirror test means that self-recognition may result from large brains... And advanced cognitive ability, as opposed to being a byproduct of primate specific factors that dolphins and primates, which differ profoundly in their brain organization and their evolutionary histories, should both exhibit this unusual ability, the author notes represents a striking case of cognitive convergence now that 's pretty amazing stuff uh, I mean you know to the average person, no, oh, I look in the mirror, I know who I am, you know that's that 's nothing also to the average person, the number one. Is nothing but that's a, a gigantic logical underpinning to to know what what the number one is uh, and it's a huge you know a uh, uh, bit of, of consciousness to recognize yourself in the mirror and not to just recognize yourself in the mirror but to want to look your best but to want to look at the best reflective service just to I mean this is like no 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 yeah I, okay I can kind of see it. but wait over there I can see myself better and I mean this is almost opulent that they want they want the best mirror you know and, and and that's that's pretty exciting now granted those are my opinions of that it being almost opulent and i'm definitely pushing you know my own uh, projecting i should say my own tastes onto dolphins but i think it's fascinating i think it's a certain you know you're i mean definitely as much as i'm trying to be objective you're going to get my you're going to be looking at this through my lens to a degree um, I didn't cherry pick these articles by any means. Nobody did, uh, cause we're going to talk about some of the ugly things that dolphins do as well. But I, you know, I'm just trying to give you full disclosure. Okay. So they know who they are. Uh, dolphin a recognizes that he or she is dolphin a and knows that he or she is not dolphin B dolphin B knows who he or she is and realizes she's not dolphin C. Awesome. Okay. So that's good. Uh, let's go ahead. Let's go to the, to the next article now. Uh, this is the discovery of dolphin language okay fine so they know who they are you know that is what it is uh, but can they talk to each other do they realize you know can they communicate more than just sight and, and other kind of signals you know that that they recognize who each one is And this article this article is from uh, uh, wakeupworld.com and the all, all these links will be in the show notes as well as I'm going to have videos that you can watch uh you know that that i'll link to in the show notes as well um the source wakeupworld.com you know you might think oh what what kind of source is that sounds crazy uh that's for you to look at because it has tons because even though it's on a on on wakeupworld.com it has a ton a ton of links and uh references for you to look at i mean it's as it's as good as anything i've ever seen on wikipedia so please you know don't judge the website until you actually look at it and see oh wow Look at all this and this is an exceptionally long article so i'm not going to read the whole thing but i I want to i want to hit the bullet points on it and again uh go to the show notes go to sovereigntech.tumblr.com go to uh uh, the facebook page for sovereign tech s-o-v-r-y-n sovereign tech and you know and you can look into this for yourself and it's the discovery of dolphin language Uh, researchers in the united states and great britain have made a significant breakthrough in deciphering dolphin language in which a series of eight objects have been sonically identified by dolphins Team leader Jack Kasowitz of SpeakDolphin.com spoke, quote-unquote, to dolphins with the dolphins' own sound, sound picture words. Dolphins in two separate research centers understood the words presenting convincing evidence that dolphins employ a universal sonopictorial language of communication. The team was able to teach the dolphins simple and complex sentences involving nouns and verbs, revealing that dolphins comprehend elements of human language as well as having a complex visual language of their own. Kasowitz commented, We are beginning to understand the visual aspects of their language, for example, in the identification of eight dolphin visual sounds for nouns, recorded by hydrophone as the dolphins echolocated located on a range of submerged plastic objects. The British member of the research team, John Stewart-Reed, used a simiscope instrument, a device that makes sound visible, to gain a better understanding of how dolphins see with sound. He imaged a series of the test objects as sonopictorially created by one of the research dolphins. Uh, In his bid to Speak Dolphin, quote-unquote, Jack Kasowitz of of SpeakDolphin.com, based in Miami, Florida, Designed an experiment in which he could in which he recorded dolphin echolocation sounds as they reflected off a range of eight submersed objects, including a plastic cube, a toy duck, and a flower pot. He discovered that the reflected sounds actually contained sound pictures, and when re- replayed to the dolphin in the form of a game, the dolphin was able to identify the objects with eighty six percent accuracy, providing evidence that dolphins understand echolocation sounds as pictures. Kasowitz then drove to a different facility and replayed the sound pictures to a dolphin that had not previously experienced them the second dolphin identified the objects with a similar high success rate confirming that dolphins possess a sonopictorial form of communication that what this article is saying is that they all recognize the same thing a is a according to dolphins Which, that's more brilliant than most humans I can even think of. Uh, Sorry. Anyway, it has been suspected by some researchers that dolphins employ a sonovisual sense to photograph and sound. Uh, A predator approaching their family pod in order to beam the picture to other members of their pod, alerting them of danger. In In this scenario, it is assumed that the picture of the predator will be perceived in the mind's eye of the other dolphins. When Reed imaged the reflected echolocation sounds on the simiscope, it became possible for the first time to see the sonopictorial images that the dolphin created. The resulting pictures resemble typical ultrasound images seen in hospitals, Reed explained. When a dolphin scans an object with its high-frequency sound beam emitted in the form of short clicks, each click captures a still image similar to a camera taking photographs. Each dolphin click is a pulse of pure sound that becomes modulated by the shape of the object. In other words, the pulse of reflected sound contains a semi-holographic representation of the object. A portion of the reflected sound is collected by the dolphin's lower jaw, its mandible, where it travels through twin, fat-filled acoustic horns to the dolphin's inner ears to create the sonopictorial image. Okay, so that's all explaining, okay, this is how this works. This is how this information travels. Uh, you know, very, very little different, well, actually very different, but in principle, very similar to how your eye connects to your brain. The precise mechanism concerning how the sonic image is read by the cochlea is still unknown, but the terms present... The team's present hypothesis is that each click pulse causes the image to momentarily manifest on the basilar and tectorial membranes, thin sheets of tissue situated in the heart of such cochlea. Uh, okay, we're, we'll skip ahead here a bit just to just to get back into it um, because it, it gets very technical. So uh, as a result of of reed's biosimatic imaging techniques Casowitz, in collaboration with research intern christopher brown of the university of central florida is beginning to develop a new model of dolphin language that they are calling sono pictorial exo language or spell that's clever um And let's see, David M. Cole, founder of the Aquathought Foundation, a research organization that studied human-dolphin interaction for more than a decade, said Casiewicz and Reed have contributed a novel model for dolphins' sonic perception, which almost certainly evolved out of the creature's need to perceive its underwater world when vision was inhibited. Several conventional linguistic approaches to understanding dolphin communication have dead-ended in the last 20 years, so it is refreshing to see this new and highly nuanced nuanced paradigm being explored. We'll talk more about Dolphin Language when we get back with Sovereign Tech. And uh, it is I, Brian Sovereign, and it's a pleasure having you. I hope you keep listening. You're listening to Sovereign Tech with me, Brian Sovereign the man who always wears triple black. Sovereign Tech is a show about science and technology and how it can set you free. Remember, Sovereign Tech only endorses businesses and products that we genuinely believe in and support ourselves. If you have a product or website that you would like to have reviewed, you can email the show at sovereigntech@hush.ai. Please keep in mind that the reviews on Sovereign Tech pull no punches. Thanks for listening. We are back with more Sovereign Tech. It is I, Brian Sovereign, and we are in the smack middle of our dolphin special. And to find out what exactly that is, keep listening. Um, Okay, we were talking about dolphin language and how it works, and what a lot of studies have found is that they have a very specific language. They understand you know and and it's not like a, a language that well this person thinks it means this you know this dolphin thinks it means this and this dolphin thinks it means this no they all recognize the same language so it is a unified codified language that they all that they have um and that works and so this is being recorded it is a language based upon uh, just in summary is a language based on much uh, uh, sound as you know and sight it's based on all of that it's also based on a degree of sonar uh, so there's like some feeling involved with it too. either way, you know, it, it's language. Um, even as regardless if it's alien from ours, it is language. Um, the human capacity, we'll go on with the article here, the human capacity for language involves the acquisition and use of a complex system of vocal sounds to which we attribute specific meanings language. The relationship between sounds and meanings evolved differently for each tribe of humans and for each nation. It is generally believed that the human language faculty is fundamentally different from that of other species and is of a much higher complexity. All true. The development of vocal language is believed to have coincided with an increase in brain volume. Many researchers have wondered why dolphins have brains brains comparable in size with those of humans, considering that nature creates organs according to need. The Casiewicz team's findings suggest the large dolphin brain is necessary for the acquisition and utilization of a sonopictorial language that requires significant brain mass. Uh, So it's comparing the idea that, well, humans had to have a large brain partly to communicate, and it's saying, well, so do dolphins. That's the same reason they have brains that, in many cases, are bigger than ours. With the article dolphins enjoy constant auditory and visual stimulation throughout their lives a fact that may contribute to their hemispheric brain coordination the dolphins auditory neocortical fields extend far into the midbrain influencing the motor areas in such a way as to allow the smooth regulation of sound induced motor activity as well as sophisticated phonation needed for production of signature whistles and sono pictures these advantages are powered not only by a brain that is comparable in size to that of a human but also by a brainstem transmission time that is considerably faster than the human brain. Kasowitz said in closing, "Our research has provided an answer to an age-old question highlighted by Dr. Jill Tarter of the SETI Institute. SETI is the uh, search for extraterrestrial life. Are we alone? We can now equivocally answer, unequivocally answer, no. SETI's search for non-human intelligence in our in outer space has been found right here on Earth." in the graceful form of dolphins now that's his opinion okay let's be clear that is his opinion his facts are facts but that last piece is his opinion and and it's an intriguing one and let's let's go down some more articles and and look into that now you know let's be clear on what dolphins are and dolphins there's like 17 different species of dolphins uh, and they range in size even like the orca you know the killer whale it's it's a misnomer that it's the killer whale because it's actually a dolphin uh, and, and, and a very deadly predator at that. Uh, and that's an interesting point about dolphins, too, is that they are m- most dolphin species. Like I said, I think there's 17. Most dolphin species are apex predators. Humans, by and large, are really apex predators. As in, we have no, we have no natural, we have no one, we're not prey. Okay, so dolphins aren't prey to any other creature. Uh, some smaller species are prey to, to various larger sharks. But that's about it. But I suppose one could say that that uh, that that humans are, uh, you know, prey to sharks too. But that's that's a whole other ballgame. In any case, uh, so have that in perspective. That we're not just talking about you know the nice smiley bottlenose dolphin. Though there may be you know that that may be a more specific case, um, but yeah, j- just to keep all that in mind. Okay, so so the dolphins have language. You've talked about this is a, this is a species. And that's that there, there's nothing wrong with calling them a species it's what they are. This is a species that knows who and what one is and has a unified language that they all recognize wherever the dolphin is from around the world, you know, it, it can use it uses the same the location language. And so let's you know let, let's go further into this. Um does a dolphin okay fine so it can talk it knows what it is it can talk can it express its own needs because that's the basis of everything right Our needs for humans if only we could just express our needs better how you know how much better off would we be um so can a dolphin express its own needs which would be you know akin to the idea of consciousness because again uh you know kasowitz here in in the last article is making this bold claim that said he doesn't have to go out to the universe they don't even have to go to europa like we were talking about earlier theoretically they don't even have to go out to europa that maybe that other intelligent life is right here Uh, so let's see we'll go to another article here this is from uh, mail online in the uk uh, or daily mail in in the uk and the article is stricken dolphin who asked quote-unquote hawaii diver for help moment mammal stuck on fishing line pushed itself into scuba instructor and waited patiently to be freed. Um, and we'll go right into the article. A dolphin tangled in fishing line sought help from a diver in the waters of Hawaii. The amazing encounter on January 11th, uh, this would be of this year, this was just a few days ago, was captured on video in the in 2013. It was captured on video and the diver keller laros spent the better part of eight minute, minutes tending to the needy mammal who readily accepted the help mr laros was leading a group of snorkelers for a manta ray dive experience off the big islands kona international airport when the dolphin squealed out the diver explained the way he came right up and pushed himself onto me there was no question the dolphin was there for help uh the group were enjoying aquatic sights when suddenly they heard a dolphin cry and the bottlenose dolphin swam, swam in their direction. Mr. Laros told KITV how he soon noticed that the dolphin's movements were inhibited because it was entangled in fishing line and a hook was lodged in its pectoral fin. Okay, the dolphin was was, you know, trapped, probably hurting. Uh purely accidental, of course. You know, no no blame to the fishermen, but the mammal allowed the human okay we'll come back we'll read more of this article we'll be right back with more sovereign tech this is fascinating stuff i gotta say
1: are you ready i've never seen anyone so treated like a a god in my life
0: brian sovereign as guest co-host tomorrow night and so that should be a good show on that note, uh, what we were just we're added doing? Brian Sovereign. Okay, we haven't. Oh, he's, is he he's, good? He's been in the audience. He's, oh, he's yeah, certainly we've... got opinions on things. Yes. I'm so close to being like God. No one is above me. Mm-hmm. Okay, absolutely no one. I don't take <laughs> orders from anybody. And uh, I mean that—that's how much closer to God can you get? Is there anything he doesn't do better than
1: everyone else? Oh, that's just his way of talking. He's one of the best. Break it down.
0: Catch Sovereign Tech, the show about technology and how it can set you free with me, Brian Sovereign. That's S O V R Y N at SoundCloud.com slash Sovereign Tech. Yeah, okay. We're back with more Sovereign Tech. We're in our dolphin special, uh, and that doesn't mean a dolphin is on the menu. No way. Uh, interestingly, though, it's one of those animals that is rarely eaten around the world, um, because I think Japan, and even in Japan, where, where it's, it's some kind of, like, holy Shinto way of eating a food. Um, very few Japanese have actually had it. It's, it's still a rarity there. In Peru, it's kind of popular. I guess they call them sea pork. But that's about it. it it's one of those, again, one of those strange animals that just most people don't eat. Um, Anyway, we were talking about a dolphin off the coast of Florida that got caught in a hook, uh, a fishing line, you know, and a hook got caught uh, in it. And it went to a team of divers. It saw divers over there. The thing cried out and went over to some divers and just kept pushing itself against it. And the, the, the diver that, that it went to was saying it was like the thing was asking for help. And so we'll go on with the article here. The the mammal, referring to the dolphin, allowed the human to work to help the dolphin break free. The, the human was, was, the diver was taking the hook uh, out of the dolphin. I was trying to unwrap it. I got the the line fishing hook out of the pectoral fin. There was a line coming out of his mouth, but the line wrapped around his pectoral fin was so tight that he had cuts, both front and aft, said Laros. I was worried if I tugged on it, it might hurt him more. I was able to cut the fishing line and unwrap it. Okay. Now, picture this with a dog. Uh, Like, I I know I used to live in upstate New York, and there you'd have, like, porcupines and things like that that would shoot their quills into a dog's mouth because the dog would attack the porcupine. Try and get those, those quills out of that dog's, off that dog's face or wherever they were on the dog while it sits there patiently. That doesn't happen. That just doesn't happen. The dog starts to freak out. Rightfully so. It's hurting. But the dog starts to freak out you know i mean it's not like a human being when they're going to get their uh you know get stitches or something at a hospital where the human being can relax or at least try to relax and be calm and try and, and consciously think to itself consciously overcome the pain and and be cool so that you know they can get their stitches and be healed sounds very very similar because this dolphin sat there for 8 minutes let it, patiently waiting for this diver to kindly get this fishing line off of him that cut it. The diver said that the animal patiently and calmly allowed him to work to remove the fishing line. I've had bottlenose dolphins approach me a lot of times and they are really smart animals, Laros. Uh, Laros, a professional scuba instructor and manta ray researcher, explained. Mr. Laros did remove the fishing hook and clipped the line that was near the mouth, but as other divers joined Laros and tried to remove more fishing line, the mammal swam off and did not return. Uh, there's videos of all this being done um, on and you can you'll find that uh, find the link for it in the show notes. And so you know a bunch of humans come over, it's kind of injured, might be scared, it sees it, it senses more people coming, perhaps you know may may have felt threatened or something of that nature, and it runs off. Now I just put all that in there. that was opinion. But it did run off when it saw more humans coming. But it also, again, and this is what's key, it was like a patient to a doctor, "Help me, you know, I'll, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll deal with it. Help me, you know, I'll sit here and, and calmly, patiently, you know, wait, wait till I'm, till I'm fixed and healed." Uh, an amazing story, totally anecdotal, no doubt about it. But if you look up this sort of stuff on the internet, you're going to find hundreds if not thousands of similar anecdotal stories that have just as much video as this one did this has pictures and video so it's more than anecdotal because you can see it it's real it happened um and again like i said you know look for more of this stuff and you'll find it so uh, you know uh, absolutely fascinating so what do we have so far we have the idea that dolphins have a very sophisticated language that while very different from our own um, is a language that recognized the precepts of A is A, which may be the most important, uh, at least to me, for me, the most important fact that, you know, that, that someone could understand. Um, we, they recognize themselves. In fact, they recognize themselves, like I said, with a degree of vanity, uh, it, it would seem. You know, I mean, that's putting a, a human emotion onto a dolphin. I understand that. But I think it's, it's also an objective way to describe it, that when you want to look for the best mirror, and when you don't like the fact that a black smudge is on your head, you've got to get rid of it, that might be vanity. Uh, we also have now the idea that dolphins do not just instinctively act upon pain. They do something about it, and they can overcome that pain by waiting patiently for eight minutes. Cut it's cut stuff was wrapped into its, its fin so tight that it was cutting it waited eight minutes for a human and knew that a human could handle the problem for one you know it recognized what a human is uh, you know and and that you know maybe it understood oh look he has appendages he has fingers and all this stuff you know he could get this off of me and went to the human had a full understanding of what it wanted and pretty clearly I think expressed what that was that he wanted and needed so that's what we have so far. We're going to have more. This is Brian Sovereign with you, and you're listening to Sovereign Tech.
1: In the third age of mankind, an age plagued by an evil empire that seeks to destroy humanity,
0: it is our last, best hope for peace. It is Babylon 5. All fighters out of here. Return
1: fire. Well, freedom. Freedom. Watch Babylon 5.
0: You can watch Babylon 5 and experience the greatest show in television history. See the entire series completely free by going to the WB.com shows Babylon 5. It is I, Brian Sovereign, the Rembrandt of the podcast in Canvas, back with you. And we are talking dolphins, and not the ones from Miami, or at least not the human ones from Miami. Uh, I could really care, I, I couldn't care less about football. And notice I said I couldn't care less, but that's another story for another time. Uh, so we were talking in the last, uh, you know, before the break, we were talking about how, you know, dolphins, you know, recognized what humans were, um, and that it wanted help from one. And that, that leads us to, to perhaps maybe an ugly side and not so ugly side, but then also a very ugly side that, that dolphins definitely have. And not to say that humans don't either. Um, Dolphins, now, they rarely attack humans. I mean, there have there, been cases, uh, especially, and, and if it is, it's by orcas, like the killer whale. Like I said, that, there's 17 different species of dolphins, and orcas happen to be one of those. Um, they, they seem to be a far more particularly brutal animal. Um, so as far as dolphin attacks, it's mainly done by them. Uh, but there was a bottlenose dolphin named Tayo, and I believe this is down in Brazil, uh, yeah, I guess they they named the dolphin. Don't don't. I'm not really sure how that exactly happened. In any case, there's a dolphin named Tio that came around quite a bit, um, and it started to suffer some harassment by by the humans that would come by. And what they would do is is they would take uh, little ice cream sticks. You know, it was like those wooden ice cream sticks that that you you know used to enjoy when you were a kid, or maybe now still if you're an adult. And the people, adults, kids would. Constantly attempt to put stuff into the dolphin's blowhole. Now, regardless of where you hold animals on, you know, on your spectrum of care, uh, for the record, let me get this out there too. Uh, I, I am a, uh, you know, I am a carnivore or an omnivore. I, I do, I, I eat animals, and I would hunt them if I had to. Uh, Anyway, so, but I would not want to, you know, even if I wanted to eat dolphins and I don't wish to, but even if I did, I wouldn't put any animal through that kind of torture of like sticking, you know, an ice cream stick in, in, into, into, into their blowhole. I mean, that, that's, that's just really mean. And who knows how much that hurts. Uh, that could be a particularly sensitive area. Uh, and anyway, so after this had been done quite a few times using, and who knows what else, uh, Tayo finally attacked a man because of it and, uh, the person died from the attack. And that's very unfortunate. Uh, but you have to ask the question, was that an animal acting in self-defense? You know, I totally understand if you feel, oh, you know, a person died, you know, that is absolutely terrible. And it is terrible. I wish myself, you know, I only have like three principles. One of them is, is that I'd never want people, a person to die whatever person may mean I'd never want a person to die uh, that doesn't mean there aren't consequences in life I'm just saying that death is one of the ones that shouldn't exist or that I would like to go away uh, so that that begs the question was Tayo the dolphin who was constantly being harassed and harmed um, was was that dolphin acting in self-defense and in fact because it was happening consistently this was this is this was torture that was happening over weeks perhaps even years you know what was it showing a degree of uh maybe of mercy and saying no you know it's you know stop doing that but i'm not you know i don't want to hurt you that's an interesting thing because let me tell you if you did that to a lion if you started throwing stuff at the lion the lion's just going to come and get you it's not going to waste time it's not going to think yeah whatever it's going to come and get you and and chances are it may kill you so that's something to consider Um, you know, as unfortunate it is that, that people are dying or that an animal is being injured in, in such a torturous way. Um, and you know, and I have to say this again, I said it earlier, but I want to make sure I say it again. I, like I said, we're trying to separate speculation from fact. We're trying to separate my opinion from fact, and I'm definitely projecting a lot of my own, you know, thoughts uh, you know, onto you know and, and I'm kind of like saying, "Okay, you know, how would I feel if I was a you know person then this happened to me? Uh, there's definitely a lot of projection going on. I just want to make sure I'm aware of that and and get out very clear that you're aware of it um okay, so but that that begs a larger question. so dolphins can kill a person, can kill a human being. Um, this is a fact that hasn't gone unnoticed because a number of militaries around the world uh, have employed dolphins for various purposes from finding mines to rescuing lost or trapped humans uh, the military use of dolphins uh, you know however it's drawn scrutiny since the vietnam war when there were rumors circulating none of which have yet to be confirmed no doubt about that uh, but when rumors are circulating that the united states navy was training dolphins to kill vietnamese divers the United States Navy, of course, denies that at any point dolphins were trained for combat. Uh, and, and in fact, dolphins are still being trained by the United States Navy uh, for other tasks as part of They, ha- they actually have a whole uh, a program for it. It's the U.S. Navy Marine Mammal Program. Now, OK, fine. So let's let's say the United States isn't doing, you know, isn't doing training them to be killers when clearly, as we said in the earlier story with Tayo, they can kill uh, the Russian military. The Russian military now is believed to have closed its marine mammal program in the early 1990s. So they've been doing the same thing for probably as long as the United States has. Whoever had the idea first, who knows? Um, but in the year 2000, in 2000, there was a press report that dolphins trained to kill by the Soviet Navy. So the Soviet Navy did train them to kill. Had been sold to Iran. Had been sold to the Iranian government and essentially one would assume put into the Iranian military so there are killer this is going to sound funny but it is it's sad and unfortunate at the same time there are killer dolphins in iran now i mean this is where we get into this is definitely where we get into speculation because i have a hard time believing that the united states navy would they have no problem teaching a human being to kill en masse and they'd have a problem with teaching a dolphin to kill. That doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Uh I I I imagine again, I imagine that they most certainly have taught dolphins how to kill. Um and reports from the Soviet Navy, you know, from, from the USSR days of the Soviet Navy uh are sketchy, but some of what we do know is that the dolphins were very good at what they did. Um that you know they were used in like various border patrols. I could see uh, like I know one one report has them they were used up in the Bering Strait which is an interesting concept the Bering Strait is where Russia and Alaska practically touch Um, so might not have been a good idea to mess with dolphins up in Alaska and I I know what you're saying you're like how could a dolphin those nice nice creatures not counting the orca you know the nice bottlenose dolphins or whichever one how could they kill how could they hurt and this is one of the unfortunate things is that dolphins can get brutal with each other and even commit rape. We'll be back with more on Sovereign Tech. What does freedom mean? Tune into LRN.FM to find out. LRN.FM is the Liberty Radio Network, a collection of live talk radio and podcasts, all coming from a principled pro-Liberty perspective. LRN.FM show hosts aren't left, right, or conspiracy kooks. You can tune in 24-7 to LRN.FM via your phone, computer, satellite, and more. Listen free anytime at LRN.FM. That's LRN.FM. We are back with more Sovereign Tech. And uh, just before the break, we left with a bit of a cliffhanger. (laughs) in that dolphins do rape um, this is you know I, I mean I, I don't want to write it off in the statement that so do humans I think there are a lot of uh, a lot of scientists that would do that and I don't think that's inherently fair to do um, but they do rape they do attack they do beat up they do uh, you know their own species they also uh, seem to commit acts or, or what they will do is uh uh, they will do ostracism. They will do social ostracism, which uh, a lot of, you know, modern day human thinkers think that's the only way to solve anything. I disagree uh, with philosophers that think that way, but, you know, that's out there. So these aren't just nice, nice creatures. Again, neither are humans. Um, as far as what leads into these things, I mean, to some degree, you know, you have to wonder much like I have uh, oft and made sure it was just opinion, just as I have throughout the special. Oft projected my own thoughts and feelings uh, through through the eye of a dolphin. Perhaps I wonder how much these scientists are are doing that as well at times when when these things occur. I don't doubt for a second, you know, that that dolphins um, you know engage in these acts, these horrendous acts. Uh, in fact, there's even uh, some cases, I believe, off the shore of Scotland, where dolphins kill their own children. Uh, maybe not their own children. They can't prove that if, like, it's it's a mother killing her actual own baby, much like a guppy would eat her own kids. Uh, but, but there are, you know, they will find uh, other dolphins that have been brutally beaten, um, and they have uh, pictures and even some video of where a dolphin is like shoving another dolphin out of the water uh, after what would appear to be you know, beaten. Um, it's tragic to see that anywhere, you know, even in the animal kingdom where we expect generally for animals to act merely on instinct as in they cannot overcome their natural instincts. They cannot actually, you know, they, they can't think, think things through, uh, you know, they just act purely. There's no reason, you know, they do not have the concept of reason and they act totally on instinct. um, As far as no, no one, this is one of those great mysteries as far as why exactly are these dolphins committing these acts, acts of rape, whichever, um, you know, and I'm not going to go so far. Some articles have to say that, well, you know, the Japanese are big into rape culture too. Uh, you know, and I could just picture someone ridiculously stating things like, it's like, well, they eat dolphins. So they're like dolphins and they want to rape or something. I mean that, that, come on that that's that's going out so far out of the out of the realm of science and out of the realm of logic even uh no anyway uh, back to the reality of the matter is that they do you know dolphins do commit very violent acts Um, and that's my point is no one's making this claim that there's some kind of noble savage here Uh, You know and that somehow you know, they they were at peace with the with the water and everything and you know They're just always so nice like the sea turtles Uh, No, clearly they're they're not that and Maybe that's why the military has hired them because they are such efficient killers Uh, That's why the military hires humans because they are such efficient killers when trained Now I, I mean the very act of rape implies an understanding of self-ownership doesn't mean it's right it just it implies an understanding of of a creature that's committing the act human or not uh understanding self-ownership i mean you you can't rape a pillow okay there are cases and 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 i'll link to them in the show notes where actually young elephants now orphans uh watch their entire families get hunted and killed by poachers and then showed crystal clear signs of ptsd you know post-traumatic stress disorder as well as severely violent tendencies and actions these are elephants now and you know interesting to point i mean maybe some of uh, what we're talking about with dolphins maybe similar research could be done and found out about elephants as to how intelligent and conscious they are but anyway if the root if these root causes of violence can occur with elephants why couldn't it happen with dolphins to the point where you know they they rape or they kill or uh you know they they beat their kids things of that nature you know and and i want i want to make this point very clear because a lot of these articles are making the case that perhaps dolphins deserve rights that perhaps the non-aggression principle which is the idea you know you don't initiate force against another person ever again you don't initiate should be applied to them so because these animals aren't perfectly enlightened, they shouldn't have the nap applied to them because they commit rape and all that stuff. I mean, really, so do we. and And also, you know, now here is some clear science that this does occur. And again, you can look at the article in the show notes. But I mean, you know, so should the nap be applied to them? I mean, that's that's a choice I'm going to leave to you. Uh, but then does that mean that we are allowed to aggress against imperfect humans? Because by that logic, I mean unenlightened humans don't deserve the nap either. Uh, we don't think that way though, because we know that humans are conscious for many of the reasons that all these scientists are discul- are discussing. That dolphins may be conscious. Again, even the act of selectively aggressing on another dolphin could, in itself, make the case, be it through rape, ostracism, or violence, that these dolphins fully understand the concept of self ownership. And I think that's a major. That's one of like the three key points to conscious life. Again, you you can't rape a pillow because it doesn't own itself. I mean, you can fuck a pillow, but you can't rape it because it doesn't it doesn't have the concept. Of, it doesn't know the concept of wanting to have sex or not. And that's just it. The idea that dolphins can rape precludes the idea that they can also consensually, wholeheartedly, want to have sex as much as is clearly seen. Uh, you know, in cases that, uh, you know. That they don't want to and are thus raped see what I'm saying Um, so these brutal acts do occur could they be suffering traumas in the ocean Uh, like I said they do practice social ostracism what does that do to a human being let alone a dolphin who may not even be able to rationalize things as well as a human being can does that create violent tendencies does that create mentalities of, of entitlement or something like that that may go into raping? I'm no philosopher. I'm no psychologist. I don't, I really don't know. But I can guess. I'm a pretty bright guy. And, and I can guess at these sorts of things, and I wonder. So we'll be back with more Sovereign Tech, and we'll get a little lighter on this.
1: Are you searching for a mouth-watering, all-natural, sweet and sticky treat? What if I told you it was also made by a chef who believes in freedom, just like you? You're not dreaming. This is real. Head over to mandrik.com. That's M-A-N-D-R-I-K.com. There, you'll find George's Famous Baklava in classic and dark chocolate flavors. Mm. To those with special health needs, George's Famous Baklava also has a treat for you golden delicious low-carb gluten-free almond cookies order with paypal or bitcoins in just a few days your sweet treats will await you right at your doorstep one more time that's m-a-n-d-r-i-k dot com for george's famous baklava.
0: It is Brian Sovereign with you. You are listening to a Sovereign Tech special. Uh, Something that I plan to do as often as I can and talk about subjects that maybe most people don't want to talk about. Uh, I particularly enjoyed in a previous special about bitcoins where I called out gold. Because in at least the circles, the anarchist circles that I hang out in, it's held up as some kind of sacred cow. And, well, I would like that to become hamburger, or at least be convinced that it is a sacred cow, and that is yet to occur. Um, anyway, we're talking about dolphins, not cows, uh, and those aren't even sea cows. So let's get right back to it, and I want to kind of lighten up things a bit and talk about something I really enjoy. Now, if you've been listening to this show for a while, you can imagine what's the maybe the number one thing that I enjoy and that's sex. Dolphins are very sexually active. Okay, now look, I'm I'm not watching dolphin porn. Just just making sure that's clear. But dolphins are very sexually active. And uh actually they become sexually active often, you know, before they reach sexual maturity. Of course, when that sexual maturity occurs, you know, the age can vary. Um and dolphins aren't just sexually active with themselves. I mean, I it would appear that they have it would appear, opinion, it would appear that they have an understanding that what sex is, that it is a very pleasurable... Actually, that's the part that, that they consider it uh, for pleasure is not opinion. That's fact. But, you know, they understand that this is something for pleasure. So they'll even make sexual passes, literally and figuratively, at humans. Uh, you know, they'll they'll rub their, their genitalia right up against a human leg or something like that, not unlike I've often... Well, anyway... Um and they'll engage in homosexual behavior they'll, they'll participate in orgies they have full on orgies in fact i'm going to put up a picture get this i'm going to put up a picture at sovereigntech.tumblr.com of a dolphin orgy i'll put it on facebook too if you want to link up with facebook the the facebook thing a lot of people are really latching onto that and i'm actually posting stories on facebook almost every almost every day as well as some memes that are getting generated about me all of which are fantastic Um, but anyway, so you can check all that out, but I will make sure if you want to see this picture, go check it out at SovereignTech.tumblr.com or at the Facebook page. Uh, anyway, so dolphins, they do have, they, they have penises, they have vaginas, uh, in the male or the female respectively, they'll be uh, protected by slits on the underbelly of the dolphins. Uh, also dolphin females, they, you know, they have mammary glands, they're slitted, you know, they have two, two slits up there. Uh, You know, and each one has a nipple in it. Uh, Mating occurs belly to belly. And, but here's some funny trivia. And this is, this is actually, as far as I know, this is pretty rare information because it's very hard to find. Uh, You know, I only happen to know it because of some, uh, some personal research that I did some years ago. And that is, there's what's called the three dolphin technique. And the idea is, is that. Two you know two dolphins are mating, but they're in the ocean, and so while one 's humping the other you know uh, perhaps uh, rather vigorously the, the dolphins would like end up going up up, up 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 you know into the uh, you know uh, up above the ocean. so how do they keep from like moving all over the place in the ocean while, you know, while they're having sex and, the, and what what someone theorized because this has never actually been seen, so it's very important to state this has never actually been seen what someone theorized is that a third dolphin will get on top of the two and use all their force to hold them down so they can get it on. I mean, that's that's very it's very nice of them to sacrifice their time if they actually do that, uh, you know, or maybe somehow, you know, it, it kind of turns into a, a threesome, which, hey, rock on, man. You know, I, I can dig that. And if dolphins do it, good for them. Bonobos do. Uh Anyway, and why that's important, the three-dolphin technique, why it was theorized in the first place, and even though no one has ever actually seen it done, is because the question came up 50 years ago at NASA. How are we going, you know, what if, and NASA doesn't like to talk about sex, the National Aeronautics and Space Administration of the United States of America. They don't like to talk about sex, not because Americans are generally prudes, but they just don't like to talk about it. They, they don't want to deal with it. Uh, perhaps they don't want to figure out what's going to happen when the money shot goes off and in zero G. Anyway, uh, they, they theorize the three dolphin technique. Okay, someone's going to have, all right, man and woman are, are going to get it on. And someone's going to have to hold them in the zero G like somehow, you know, strap them or something. And so that's where the whole notion of the three dolphin technique came into play. Uh, I think it's a great idea, but again, no one's ever actually seen a dolphin do it, but I've considered interesting trivia and that's why I brought it up. Um, You know, but bottom line though, besides primates, dolphins are the only creatures on earth that we know of so far that have sex for fun. And 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 it's not just that. Okay, they don't just have sex for for fun. I mean I mean like I said, they have full-on homosexual bisexual orgies. They go all the way. I, I mean really, my kind of animal. They they live up to the name animal. You know. But uh I mean unfortunately though, you know, I got to wonder. I mean if there are STIs, sexually transmitted um infections, uh then probably almost every dolphin has them. I mean that's how busy these creatures get okay Uh, and it's not just that it it gets it's even better now we talked earlier a bit about how dolphins have culture part of the ways uh, you know that they have culture is that they create tools okay now tools isn't necessarily a sign of culture but when it's taught when they teach when they don't just when one dolphin out in the ocean just figures it out for himself that's not culture but when they're actually teaching it en masse around the world to other dolphins that does become a culture that's like teaching a child to brush their hair uh anyway so they they use sticks and they use stones and they don't just use them as tools though they use them as sex toys there's pictures of this stuff going on on the internet okay I'm not saying that's hot i'm just saying that you can it's provable it's out there okay now i mean to me this is just to me what a huge statement! I don't even think the bonobos do that. I don't think the bonobos have sex toys, but dolphins do. They fully grasp, uh, you know, self-loving and pleasure. In my opinion, my opinion. Yeah, because I mean, really, if sex toys aren't a sign of consciousness, I, I don't know what is. I mean, that that's that's just how I feel on it. Um. But yeah, there's, you know, there's going to be more, I'm going to put more stuff in the show notes, like I said earlier, uh, videos and things like that. And there won't be any videos of the orgy. Don't worry. Um, but one of the videos also that, you know, that I want to mention that, that, that you'll see is one where they're training the dolphins to do tricks. Well, what they ended up doing is, is they, they get to a point where they say to the dolphins, you know, see if they can figure out their own trick. Like can, you know, do they have the capacity to really learn? And lo and behold, in this video, and like I said, you'll see it uh, in the show notes, be it at the SoundCloud page, the Facebook page, or sovereigntech.tumblr.com, which connects you to all those pages, you're going to see that they came up with their own tricks. They're creative. I mean, sex toys are creative in and of themselves, but I mean, the, you know, they know how to entertain. Clearly, they know how to entertain themselves and others. They came up with their own tricks. It's amazing. It is a fantastic video to watch. Some of these videos are around 10 minutes long, but I guarantee you they're worth every second of seeing. Uh, so, you know, don't, don't hesitate to, to check that out. We'll be back with more. <laughs> I, sorry, got sex on the brain. Uh, this is Sovereign Tech.
1: This is Stephanie Murphy, Sovereign Tech producer. You may know me from this show, but did you know that I have my own podcast? It's called Pork Therapy. Pork Therapy is a bit different from other shows. We cover current events, big ideas, and even relationship issues, all through the lens of how we can get more freedom in our lives. Oh, and you'll love Sex and Science Hour. Join me on my website, porktherapy.com. That's P-O-R-C-therapy.com. Now back to Sovereign Tech.
0: We are back with more Sovereign Tech. And I believe in the ad you just heard, uh, you heard uh, for the show Pork Therapy. Pork therapy. Please don't hesitate uh, to, to check that out. This show would not have happened without the wonderful uh, efforts of the producer of the show and also my partner, Stephanie Murphy, and the lovely, talented, uh, exceptionally hyper-intelligent uh, woman that she is, the modern-day Hypatia. And uh, anyway, none really. I just I have to get that out there because none of this would have, you know, could have come off if, if it wasn't for her. Um, now, let's get back to the dolphins, shall we? Uh, let's talk a little bit more about this culture that we keep going on. We'll, we'll run up a couple articles here real fast. Um, and this one's from Live Science. Great website uh, by Jane uh, Jane Lee. And the article is, Dolphin Social Networks Show First Hints of Culture. For the bottlenose dolphins of Shark Bay, Australia, functional fashion seems to be all the rage. With inclusion in clicks dependent on whether one is wearing a nose sponge, a tool that helps dolphins find food, new research suggests. The dolphin females that wear marine basket sponges on their beaks to scour the sandy bottoms of deep channels for fish associate more with other with each other than with non-sponge users users the research said I, i i love this what this is saying is like look if you don't drive a mercedes if you're not wearing a rolex watch with more diamonds on it that you can't even read the time off of it i'm not dealing with you i think that's hilarious again i just did a little projection there but that's what the article is saying too um the sponges are filter, filter feeding invertebrate that come in all shapes and sizes, but tend to look like sponges as they are porous. Uh, these results initially surprised study co-author, co-author and behavioral biologist Janet Mann of Georgetown University in Washington, D.C. Sponge using dol- dolphins called spongers are solitary for the most part. At first, it seemed like the spongers weren't that interested in a social life, man said. Oh, they're just too effete, but... But over 22 years of observing the Shark Bay Dolphins, a pattern emerged, and it seemed the spongers were going out of their way to hang out with other spongers, man said. Uh, This is, it's a country club. Man, opinion. Mann and her colleagues compared the strength of social connections between both male and female spongers and non-spongers that lived in the same area, thereby eliminating differences in habitat that could potentially affect grouping behavior. The scientists found that although the 36 male and female spongers associated with non-spongers, the tool using dolphins weren't central figures in Shark Bay Dolphin Society due to their isolating lifestyle. But 28 female spongers did form strong groups or cliques with other spongers who weren't necessarily related to them. The researchers report in a paper published online today uh, in the journal Nature Communications, the remaining eight male spongers tended to associate with non-spongers, researchers noted. Okay, so some of them don't have as much snob appeal. That's okay. Sponging is a complex hunting tactic Passed down from mother to offspring. This is the culture. They're teaching future generations how to do things. It involves learning where sponges grow, picking the right one. Yeah, no no, you don't want that stuff from Walmart. Prying an intact sponge from the sea bottom and using it on their noses to root around the right areas to find fish concealed in the sand. The fact that a socially learned behavior draws these dolphins together is an important distinction from why from why other animal groups, man says. Uh from why oh, from why other animal form why other animals form groups. Sorry. Circumstances such as a communical communal food source may draw animals together, or individuals may pick up behaviors from others in their group. Peer pressure. Opinion. But coming together because of similar behaviors learned elsewhere is what makes shark based sponges a cultural first among animals, man and her colleagues write in their study. Past research researchers has, has found that uh australian dolphins are free spirits of sorts with the females moving freely between males in different groups now i mean how can you beat all this dolphin females again this, this is my opinion i'm projecting dolphin females are classy they want the finest they want the finest clothes and they're so free they don't mind alien sing around probably within themselves as well as, as the other male dolphins Fantastic. Find another animal that you could even try to prescribe that description to of this article. I question that it's out there. Maybe whales. You know, maybe bonobos might pull that off at some point. I don't know. But this is fabulous. And I think that's the proper word to use. This is absolutely fabulous. Okay, so dolphins can create clicks. That's what that article is pretty much laying out. Can dolphins see beyond such cliques in the future perhaps for mutual gain with another group let's go to the next story this is from bbc news uh, divided dolphin societies merged for first time by matt bardo uh, a unique social division among a population of bottlenose dolphins in australia's Moreton bay has ended according to a new study the dolphins lived as two distinct groups that rarely interacted one of which foraged on a trawler bycatch But scientists think that a ban on fishing boats from key areas has brought the two groups together. They believe these socially flexible mammals have united to hunt for new food sources. They want more food. They want more resources. And so they're banding together despite their differences. Sounds very human. The findings are published in the journal Animal Behavior. The Morton Bay dolphins were thought to be the only recorded example of a single population that consisted of groups not associating with each other. The split was dubbed the parting of the pods. So this is pretty famous. But since the study that discovered the rift, trawlers have been banned from designated areas of the bay, leading to a 50% reduction in the fishing effort. A key area of the bay to the south where the social split was observed by a previous study has been protected. The changes have... Gave scientists a unique opportunity to observe the adaptability of dolphin society. The trawler dolphins from Moreton Bay had previously fed on the bycatch from from boats while the non trawlers found other sources of food. This is actually pretty common in history. Uh, dolphins are also strangely an animal that is highly respected by a lot of ancient cultures and Even you can go back to Pliny the Elder in ancient Rome, who was a natural philosopher back then. And he even talked about how like dolphins would help people fish, you know, so that they could get the bycatch like they're doing just now. This hasn't changed. And it's been happening for a long time. Uh, There's never been really any experiments looking at social structure where you can compare what it what it was like before and what it is like now said Dr. a uh, marine vertebrae ecologist at the University of Queensland and the study's lead author analyzing how the population interacted before and after trawling meant the team uh, could assess how the dolphin social network had changed. The dolphins had basically rearranged their whole social system after trawling disappeared so now they're actually interacting again Dr. Ansman told BBC Nature the scientists identified individual dolphins by the mark on their dorsal fin and recorded which animals were associated with which each dolphin has has small injuries like nicks and notches cuts and things like like that on the fin so they all have a very unique looking dorsal fin this technique meant that dr ansman could observe changes in behavior she could tell what the two groups were in some cases down to the individual dolphins which had been studied in the 90s to reveal the original division Presumably, they're sharing information, cooperating, and things like that. Dolphins operate in what is called a fish and fusion society, forming groups and then splitting up to form different groups. That sounds familiar too. through complex communication and social intelligence, bottlenose dolphins often work as a team when hunting for food, and Dr. Ansman believes this may be what lies behind the unification. When relying on natural food sources, I guess it's more important for them to interact with others. Or to learn from others or to cooperate with others to get to these food sources she said the results suggest that a flexible social structure may be an important factor in how dolphins exploit a wide range of resources in the marine environment okay so you know haters gonna hate but dolphins don't always hate they they will they'll click back together I'm kind of reminded i am projecting I, i'm kind of reminded that uh you know of, of like the iroquois and how the iroquois are actually made of, of, of six different tribes and how each tribe you know pretty much did their own thing but then hey when things were when things were tough or like the algonquin or the mohawk were coming up they all banded together and they said, okay, we got, we got to figure this out, which is fine. That That's, that's self-defense. Uh, and that's understanding of, uh, you know, resources and understanding of who and what you are and that you want to live and that you're willing to work with people and cooperate for the best chances to do so. Very human, very acceptable. Dolphins are doing the same thing. Interesting. So let's go to the last article of that I have. And this one is, okay, let's break down what we've talked about. Dolphins know who and what they are. If a dolphin had the name Brian, it would know that it was Brian, if it saw itself. And it would want to look good, just like this Brian, Brian Sovereign, would want to look good. Um, They have language, specific language. They know A is A. They don't have the letter A, but the, the concept is the same. In their language uh, they have tools they teach their children they have culture they have sex tons of it they have it for pleasure they use sex toys holy cow okay um, they have clicks they have fashion sense it would appear so that's what we've got so all this put together this year this year uh, or I'm sorry last year <laughs> last year uh, February 21st, 2012. This is also from the BBC. This is the article. Dolphins reserve same rights as humans, say scientists. Okay. Well, there it is. This is similar to the, to the article about language that they read, where the, the lead researcher said, SETI, which is a search for extraterrestrial life in the universe, SETI does not need to be looking all over the universe for, for more intelligence life. It's right here. These scientists, these independent scientists are saying the same thing. We'll read the article. Dolphins should be treated as non-human persons with their rights to life and liberty respected. Scientists meeting in Canada have been told experts in philosophy, conservation and animal behavior want support for declaration of rights for cetaceans. They believe dolphins and whales are sufficiently intelligent to justify the same ethical considerations as humans. Recognizing their rights would mean an end to whaling and their captivity or their use in entertainment. So these scientists are recommending again that they be treated as humans. That means you can't enslave them. Or you can't hunt them. The move was made at the annual meeting of the American Association for the Advancement of Science in Vancouver, Canada, the world's biggest science conference. It is so this is being discussed on the biggest stage on the planet. It is based on years of research that has shown dolphins and whales have large, complex brains and a human-like level of self-awareness. This has led the experts to conclude that although non-human, dolphins and whales are, quote-unquote, people in a philosophical sense. People in a philosophical sense, which has far-reaching implications. Uh, Ethics expert Professor Tom White from Loyola Marymount University, Los Angeles, author of In In Defense of Dolphins, the new moral frontier said dolphins were non human persons. A person needs to be an individual. If individuals count, then the deliberate killing of individuals of this sort is ethically the equivalent of deliberately killing a human being. Now this story you know goes down and, and covers, you know, goes over some ground that we've already talked about. So we'll skip ahead. We're saying the science has shown that individuality, consciousness, self awareness is no longer a unique human property. That poses all kinds of challenges. And that's true. The deck, you know, that it would pose challenges. If this is true, the declaration originally agreed in May, 2010 contains the statements. Every individual cetacean has the right to life. No cetacean should be held in captivity or servitude, be subject to cruel treatment or be removed from their natural environment. And no cetacean is the property of any state corporation, human group, or individual It adds, the rights, freedoms, and norms set forth in this declaration should be protected under international and domestic law. Uh, Psychologist Dr. Lori Marino from Emory University in Atlanta told how scientific advances had changed the view of the cetacean brain. She said, we went from seeing the dolphin whale brain as being a giant amorphous blob that doesn't carry a lot of intelligence and complexity to not only being an enormous brain, but an enormous brain with an enormous amount of complexity and a complexity that rivals our own dolphins had a sense of self which could be tested by the way they recognize themselves in mirrors she said which we talked about when you get up in the morning and look in the mirror and you and know that's you you have a sense of you said dr marino they have a similar sense they can look in a mirror and say hey that's me you know i'm i'm kind of i can't help but be reminded of uh you know something like, uh, I think therefore I am, Hey, that's me. So I've presented all this information. Okay. And I've tried to be very clear on what's factual. What is my projection? What's my opinion? Um, I tried to keep the opinions to a minimum and tried to lay out again as much pure fact as I can. Uh, I really, I want you to draw your own conclusions from all of this. You don't have to, you don't have to, you know, I'm not some authority, but this is something that I think about and it's important and that's why I'm doing a show about it. But now it is time for me to express my own conclusions, my own feelings on the matter. Uh, And this is all purely opinion other than the facts, the facts that we've laid out and that I relate to Um, because I consider this opinion to be backed up by extensive research. Uh, And I mean, again, anything I'm about to say is not code and rule. It just isn't. Okay, so, you know, don't worry. What we have here, in my opinion, is with 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 dolphins is we have life. We have intelligent, conscious life. I am not saying that they are superior to humans. I'm not even saying that as far as, you know, philosophical or mathematical intelligence that they match us. But they have enough. They understand what suffering is. So they understand Uh, you know, they understand pain, they understand love, they understand sex for what it is, they understand all these things. They understand that, that for their kids to survive better, they have to teach them things. They understand that, you know, there are finer things in life like wearing sponges, which we may find ridiculous, but to them it's not, clearly. They understand social connection. They understand social abstraction. They understand social ostracism not that that's a good thing they in every way that you can see in my opinion these creatures understand life at a level very similar to ours you know it a person once asked me okay if you saw someone about, if you saw a human being about to kill a dolphin would you intervene my answer to that yes because of the non-aggression principle which I as an anarchist wholly subscribe to because I'm an atheist and I don't think humans are the apple of God's eye as special as they are as much as I love being a human and wouldn't want to be anything else I would defend that dolphin I'm not going to take either one's life but I would defend that dolphin in as peaceful and non-violent way as I can and maybe that's the ultimate you know that's that's the ultimate testament is is it that important to you is it you know is, is does it matter that much yeah to me it does um, in science fiction a lot of times you know you get this whole thing where like the aliens are looking down on earth and they just they look down at the humans and they go oh, how pathetic you kill each other you you harm you don't just kill each other you do things worse than death And it's true, you know, and I I don't just to get this out of the way, I don't think that there have ever been aliens in our solar system ever for, again, the reasons of, you know, that, uh, uh, you know, there's no faster than light travel. It's just not possible. So for something to get here, I mean, wow, that would that that'd be some serious business that I don't think has occurred. Maybe there was life on Mars or something, or maybe there's extraterrestrial life on, you know, various moons in the solar system. I'm not, I'm not doubting that, but I'm just saying that I don't think any intelligent species has come from like Sirius B. Okay. Or has flipped in through on a planet that circles through every 3,600 years called Nibiru, you know, and that aliens are controlling the government. Please make no mistake. I'm not saying anything like that. And I don't believe any of that. Though, even though I understand it well. But right here, like like the original researcher from the language article stated that SETI doesn't have to look for life out there, it's right here. I do believe that. What are the qualifications for being conscious, intelligent life? Can Is it aware of what it's doing? Is it aware of who it is? Clearly the dolphin is all of the above on those. And... Is there more than one dolphin? Yeah, there's tons of them. It's a race. It's a species. It's a race. When something is fully aware of what it's doing, when it can act outside of, its, outside of its own instincts, as in it can wait patiently while it's in pain to get healed, and then you take such an animal and you hunt it, or you put it in for entertainment or things like that, is that slavery? Tough questions. I don't know that I can, I, you know, I don't know that I'm willing to to be very definitive on all of those. But like we talked about, like I, I said in the beginning, imagine that this was, a spe- this was a creature on Europa. Just because it's extraterrestrial life, I think everybody would be a little more uh, skittish about doing anything towards it. Unless a new racism decided to come up, which I'm always concerned about. Um, but let's keep going on the, on the, the, the fancifulness on the, maybe the more science fiction talk on this, um, you know, because I think what a lot of people want to instantly say is, well, they don't have houses, they don't have society. How can they be, you know, how could they be, how could we say that they're intelligent? We don't know because part of the. Like, like we read about in the article about language, part of the reason that their language developed the way that it did to where it's like sonic and pictorial, you know, sonic and visual, it developed that way because they go into parts of the ocean so deep, you know, that you can't see. So there's places where dolphins go that we don't follow them. And what if there are some degree of like underwater caves? You know, purely speculation. But what if there are? what if they have homes what if what if uh you know there there was a game series and everybody knows how much i love games there was a game series years ago for the genesis and they made it for other systems too uh called echo the dolphin and the whole thing was about how guess what you know dolphins are intelligent uh if you read douglas adams hitchhiker's guide to the galaxy you find out that dolphins are actually more intelligent than humans of course hyperdimensional mice were more intelligent than the dolphins in that as well. But the idea is out there. And then you say, it's like, well, you know, if they're so intelligent, why don't they build uh, roads? Why don't they build skyscrapers under the sea or something like that? Why don't they, you know, uh, make computers and everything? I want to, this is not, as an anarchist, you know. I, I, keep, I try to keep as, as abreast of, of all the uh, different anarchist circles out there as I can. One of those is what's called anarcho primitivism, and one of the central tenets of anarcho primitivism is rewilding, where they feel that technology has harmed human existence, and of course, they also fall under green anarchy to where they feel that, you know, it's harming the planet. What if? what if the dolphins in their own personal needs and wisdom said yeah we don't need all this stuff anymore you know or we don't want to go the technological route we're living the good life right now and it's pretty clear they're living the good life they've got their sex toys they've got their orgies they've got their fashion they're they're projectedly they're living a good life did you know, I mean, would would we go up to, like like I gave the example earlier of the Iroquois? Would a modern human being, as in a human being within this, you know, within this decade, this century, would they treat the Iroquois as inferior? I don't think so. At least I hope not. Two hundred and fifty years ago, yes, humans, you know uh, co- colonials that came over here, did treat them as less than human as not having rights. Are we doing that to the dolphins today to where we're neglecting just because they don't live like us, that they can't be as intelligent as us or they can't be at least to a point of intelligence and understanding that, you know, much like a child where, you know, they don't need our violence against them. They don't need to be trapped. They need to be left alone, much like human children. It's a tough question. They're big questions. The article from the BBC said that. This raises a whole lot of stuff. And what do we do about it? I don't I'm not totally sure. But I think there's an my own opinion, there's enough evidence out there to suggest that these are intelligent, thinking creatures, conscious, aware, and have the chance that if they didn't already decide on their own to reject you know, the wonders of civilization, and I, I, believe me, I love the wonders of civilization, by the way, that they could develop a civilization that a thousand years from now, hey, if they want to go to space, they can go to space. Now I recognize that's solely fanciful, okay? But these are the big questions. These are the things that, as we as humans understand ourselves more and more, all the time, through philosophy, psychology, um, you know, and 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 just more knowledge that things like the internet have provided. We that we have to we have to start contemplating because it's a big universe. And we're like Carl Sagan said we're just that tiny we're that pale blue dot and to be anthropocentric to think that humans are somehow just the most important thing is injuring ourselves and possibly other conscious beings other conscious intelligent persons I get it we haven't as humans we haven't figured out all of our own problems yet we still have government that has to go away We still have religions superstition that is controlling people and torturing them. That is worse than death. But that doesn't mean that we can't stand on the shoulders of giants and look far into the future and be ahead of the game this time. Look, I I, I don't want governments of the world or the United Nations to grant dolphin rights that they have to be enforced by the gun. I realize you know, that there are scientists that that's what some of these scientists in these articles were describing and prescribing. And I mean, and and I'm an anarchist, you know, and I, as I've always said, I wish no part of that, um, especially by the gun. I mean, that, that's, that's atrocious, you know? Um, but I think, you know, I, I don't, I don't expect everyone to, to take this, you know, as seriously as I do. And that's why I saved a lot of these statements for the end you know, just as a conclusion in my own opinions. Um, and as I also stated, you know, I, I want you to draw your own conclusions. But I do think the conclusion, at least one of the conclusions that is unavoidable here, is that at the very least, with the evidence given, not the opinions, with the evidence given, the dolphins are special. They're, they're not like other animals. I mean, they may not be like us. They may not even be close to us. But they are special. And, you know, I know... A lot of you are probably wondering, and perhaps even jokingly, and that's fine, you know, or you're thinking, you know, Brian's crazy. What is Brian Sovereign going to do? Is he going to go to Japan and start doing dolphin protection outreach to keep them from eating dolphins? No. You know, I mean, I I, I hate to say this, but I mean, I don't go to Burma either and stop the killing of innocent humans there. I mean, neither do you. That doesn't mean that one doesn't care that it's happening. You know, is Brian Sovereign going to stop eating tuna because dolphins get caught in the nets? No, but, you know, I'll purchase dolphin-safe tuna, which I have done for years. I mean, there's a lot of people that apparently feel kind of similar to me. Not that that's a justification. And that's why that's so popular. And that's why so many companies offer it. Um, and, I mean, it's just like, you know, I buy a lot of my goods from countries where the money is needed. And that's okay. You know, I I, I like that. Um, I even do like, well, anyway, that's, that, that's a, that's my bottom line, but you, you don't have to, my, my bottom line is you don't have to feel the same way I do about this. Okay. I mean, you, you don't have to do anything. That's, that's, that's what freedom is all about. So this is Brian Sovereign and I appreciate you listening. And, you know, if you have any questions, uh, you know, don't hesitate, email me at SovereignTech at ai, and, you know, let's talk about this. Uh, if anything, I hope this got you to think, uh, and I certainly hope that, you know, this doesn't keep you from listening to future episodes, just because you might think this particular one is crazy. I'm okay with that. And you can email me and say, Hey, Brian, you're crazy. And that's okay. Uh, you know, but it's something to think about and that's what I want Sovereign Tech to do. I, I want it to ask big questions here and there and I, and I want it to, uh, You know, I wanted to get people thinking about things and being aware of things. You know, you may not have known um, a lot of this information. And so I'm glad that I was able to provide it for you. Anyway, thanks again for listening. Don't forget to head to the Tumblr page, SovereignTech.tumblr.com, or go to the Facebook page, which is getting pretty lively, uh, as I said earlier in the show. And this is Brian Sovereign, and thank you for listening.
1: This has been Sovereign Tech. Visit us at SovereignTech.tumblr.com. That's S O V R Y N Tech.tumblr.com. There you can connect with us, see more of what you've heard on today's show, and catch our podcast feed. Sovereign Tech is open source. We encourage you to share. Later, nerds.